This is Theremin 30. 30 minutes of Theremin music, news, events, and interviews with a new episode about every 30 days. Now, here's your host from Denver, Colorado, USA, Rick Reed. Hey, welcome to the March 2023 episode of the Theremin 30 podcast. This is the final episode of season four. I wasn't able to produce a full 12 episodes this past year, but I think that the shows I did produce have some really great music and informative interviews, so be sure to check out any of the episodes you may have missed. This month, I've got music from Mexico, Japan, and Finland, and my special guest is thereminist Kip Rosser. He'll tell us all about the Juliet Shaw Legacy Project. Let's dive into the music now. In a few minutes, I'll play a classical track from Yoko Onishi's current album. But first, I've got a recent release featuring Ernesto Mendoza from Mexico City. This past December, he appeared as a guest thereminist on Mexican electronic music producer Shara Grama's new track called The Virgin Rainbow. It appears on the Quartz Reveal compilation album from the Adhara Records label. This track runs too long to play in its entirety on this episode, so here is an edited version of The Virgin Rainbow by Shara Grama.
We started the episode with an excerpt from The Virgin Rainbow by Shara Grama, featuring Ernesto Mendoza on theremin. After that, we heard some classical music from Yoko Onishi's current album, All Theremin 2. Three Intermezzi Opus 117 Number 1 by Johannes Brahms features Yoko performing with her vintage RCA theremin and a Moog Etherwave Pro. Yoko hosts the RCA Theremin Evening live-streaming recital on YouTube on the fourth Saturday afternoon of every month from her home in Zushi City, Japan. If you want to tune in, be sure to adjust for your local time zone. Here, where I live in Colorado, the live stream starts on late Friday night. I'll be right back with the Theremin 30 calendar and new music from Kepa Lechtenen. And later in the show, I'll visit with Kip Rosser about the Juliet Shaw Legacy Project. So stay tuned. The Theremin 30 podcast is supported by affiliate programs with Eargasm Earplugs, eBay, Reverb, and Zounds. When you follow these links and banners on our website, a portion of any purchases you make will help keep this show in the ether. So start shopping at theremin30.com. It's time now for a look at the Theremin 30 calendar of Theremin events. On Sunday, March 12th, Miss Turee will present a lecture and performance in Markelo, Netherlands. On the 18th, James Bond performs at the Bleep Blorp Festival of Synthesis and Electronic Music in Lowell, Massachusetts. On the 20th, Ludger Schneider presents Music from the Ether, Electronic Music in the Rhineland of the 1920s at VHS Mannheim in the Cologne, Germany area. On March 28th, Marla Goodman demonstrates the D-Lev Digital Theremin at the American Computer and Robotics Museum in Bozeman, Montana. On April 4th, Polygraph Lounge presents a concert in Brooklyn that will also be available as a free live stream on YouTube. And coming up on April 13th, the punk duo Human Toys plays the Wild Weekend Festival on Mallorca Island in Spain. For details about these events and many more, check out the interactive calendar on theremin30.com. If you have a theremin event you'd like me to list on the calendar, send me a note with all the details. Now let's get back into the music with a new release from Finnish thereminist Kepa Lehtinen from his brand new EP, In the Heart of Winter. This track is called Lake Theme for Saw, Theremin, and Piano.
was Lake Theme for Saw Theremin and Piano from the new release In the Heart of Winter. That recording features Kepa Lichtenen on theremin and piano and Puka Oinonen on musical saw. You can listen to all seven tracks from In the Heart of Winter on Spotify and most other streaming services. Coming up after this break, I'll visit with Kip Rosser about the Juliet Shaw Legacy Project. So stay right here. Hey, this is Rick Reed, producer and host of the Theremin 30 podcast. Did you know that you can advertise with Theremin 30? You can place banner ads on the website or even get a commercial played right here in the middle of the show. It's a great way to promote products, services, and events to the Theremin community. And honestly, this show does not have a huge audience, at least not yet. But that means it doesn't cost much to get involved. You can find rates and details at theremin30.com. Kip Rosser is a professional theremin performer, recording artist, blogger, YouTube creator, and teacher based in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. I spoke with him a couple of weeks ago to learn about his efforts to archive the work of one of America's earliest thereminists, Juliet Shaw. Kip Rosser, thanks so much for joining us on the Theremin 30 podcast. You're very welcome. Happy to be here. You're working on a project that involves a thereminist I've never heard of, Juliet Shaw. That's right. Tell me about what you've been up to. In 2008, I happened to be rereading a book that I've read at least three or four times about Theremin himself. In the acknowledgement section, there is a single sentence thanking Sandra Shaw Murphy and Karen Shaw for materials associated with their mother, American pianist and thereminist Juliet Shaw. That's all I ever knew. And I became fascinated. Who is that person? It's mentioned in this book. Who is she? Through searches online, I found the music school that she founded called the Silver Mine School of Music. Her two daughters, Sandra and Karen, were still alive. Julia died in 1994. So I was able to contact her two daughters. And in 2008, I went to meet them. The theremin was there and they said, it doesn't work. We've tried it. It doesn't work. But I've had enough experience with theremins to know that they're extremely temperamental. Mm -hmm. And after about 15 minutes, I was able to get it to work. Mm -hmm. I interviewed them. They were incredibly funny and witty. And I was going to produce just a little 20-minute documentary about Juliet Shaw. That was it. They had a little shoebox and a couple of other little boxes of Xeroxes of newspaper articles and some photographs. And they told me at the time, we know there's a cassette tape or two around here, but we don't know where they are. So I took what I had and came home and promptly backed up the footage from the camera, got rid of the footage from the camera itself on its hard drive, backed it up on an external hard drive. A week or two later, my computer was stolen. Oh. And my hard drive busted and the data couldn't be recovered. So I lost everything and couldn't do a thing. (laughs) You know how sometimes you'll save something on the computer, but you forget where you're saving it to? Uh, Yes. (laughs) That's what happened. And about two years ago, I found six to eight minutes of footage, but not the interview stuff, so I couldn't use it. But I put together a small video for Sandra. Karen had died in 2019. Mm. I put an unlisted video on YouTube and sent her this thing, and she said it moved her to tears because there is footage of Karen and Sandra together at Juliet's Theremin, Mm -hmm. demonstrating their mother's technique. She said, I'd like to meet with you again. Can you come meet me? And in June of 2022, we met. I got there, and this living room of their house will seat 80 people for a concert. Wow. (laughs) 
The living room is extraordinary. It has three concert grand pianos. It looks like it comes out of a different time period. Sandra is the executive director of the Silvermine School of Music, and she still does recitals and concerts all the time. And there's the theremin in precisely the same place that I had left it 14 years before. Hmm. And she said, it doesn't work. <laughs> so we went in and got it to work again. But this time, all over the chairs are just piles and piles, a foot high of old, crumbling, oxidized newspaper articles, magazines, tons of photographs spread everywhere, a stack of at least a dozen reel-to-reel tapes, and boxes and boxes of cassette tapes. None of it was in any particular order. And that's when I asked her if she would allow me to start helping her to organize it. At the time, she was 84, and she just turned 85 on February 7th. It's an overwhelming task for her. And I asked her if she would be willing to allow me to help her organize this thing. Mm -hmm. And that is when she consented to let me take everything to finally get all of the materials we can find, whether it's ephemera, printed materials, audio materials, video materials, organize it, preserve it, archive it correctly, which it all is now, and then donate it to an institution. We've approached a number of institutions, and there are two more we're going to approach. There are Yale University, the Smithsonian, New York Public Library, Peabody Institute, and there's going to be one or two more. And MEAP, who has already agreed they want the whole thing. <laughs> the reason why we're soliciting others, as opposed to just give it to the Electronic Music Education and Preservation Project, is because Karen and Sandra originally wanted to give it to Yale, because Juliet's first public performance on the theremin took place at Yale University. Mm -hmm. I've worked with vendors in Ohio, in Arizona, in New York City, and other states to do the digitization of things that I couldn't do myself. Mm -hmm. I've, at this point, spent between 800 and 900 hours. Wow. <laughs> with the exception of certain proprietary types of tapes and audio, which I'm unable to do myself, I digitized everything. All the photographs, every lecture, all the handwritten sheets, recital programs, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of artifacts that I digitized myself, plus 21 audio cassettes, 32 reel-to-reel -reel tapes, 16 vinyl recordings. All of them have now been digitized. And believe it or not, audio cassettes 20 and 21 I just acquired yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's a tremendous legacy, plus Juliet Shaw's experiment. Turns out, Juliet Shaw acquired that theremin in the very early 1930s as a result of visiting him in his apartment. She brought her RCA to him, she played for him, and he said, I am going to build you an extended octave range of six and a half octaves. There are handwritten accounts plus audio accounts on tapes of Juliet describing her meeting with theremin what his apartment was like, which no one has ever described, and the fact that he said, I will build you this. So I think we pretty well established that it was built by Theremin, for her specifically. And that's the Theremin that he gave her or sold her. I don't know whether she bought it or traded it with her RCA. It's in rough shape, but it still plays. She played that thing forever, up until the late 80s, early 90s, when she could no longer play it with any of the others. Why is it important to you and to the listeners of this show that we preserve all of these artifacts from Juliet Shaw's life and career? The fact is that Theremin, Clara Rockmore, Lucy Rosen, Samuel Hoffman, George Goldberg, and some of these other people, they're the absolute first generation of Theremin players. Juliet Shaw is among that group. Mm -hmm. Did she tour the world? No. Was she world famous? Not really. But... 
what she did arguably was as unique as anything any of them ever did. First of all, she founded a music and arts center called the Sasqua Hills Music and Arts Center. When she left West Hartford, Connecticut, she founded the Silver Mine School of Music. She was a concert pianist from the very late 20s to early 30s, all the way through the rest of her life. She, as far as I know, is the only concert pianist flash theremist in the world that has ever been. Her piano playing is extraordinary, and she devoted her life to being a teacher, a theremist, and someone whose entire M.O. was to bring culture and music to the area in which she lived. Her Silvermine School of Music was never just a school where piano students came. There were concerts, huge social gatherings, and she donated proceeds from her concerts to all sorts of causes, the Red Cross, to high schools that needed band uniforms or needed to go to Florida to compete in a band competition. She gave away tens of thousands of dollars raised at her concert. She created this thing called the 12 Piano Symphony. Where have you ever heard of 12 women in pink chiffon evening gowns, 12 pianos on stage playing for an hour concert? And she would break up this concert by playing Saruman herself. She really played the theremin beautifully. She played in New York City, she played in Hartford, she played all around her area, and I think that is just as important as any of the other theremins. She championed the instrument, she had nothing but amazing things to say about theremin himself. She used to talk about it and lecture about it during her concert. She's one of the first generation, just as valid and I think just as important as any of the others. And the whole thing is just this huge body of work. To me, it's just worth preserving. It's fascinating to be able to be a part of this thing. That's why I'm doing it. How can people get involved? Now we're in the fundraising phase to try to raise enough money to make sure the theremin is preserved and restored just a little bit and also to pay for things like the cost of the vendors that have converted all these tape materials and video materials. I have been personally doing out-of-pocket. I've spent all of my own money to get these things done because I don't want to hold the project up. Mm. So the funding will pay for all of those costs. Hopefully that means reimbursement, but I'm not making a dime on this. To me, being the person who Sandra entrusted with this to put it together has been compensation enough because you just wouldn't believe what I've heard. The things that I've been able to watch that no one has ever seen for 70 years. And we keep discovering more. If somebody donates, I understand you have a premium or a gift for them. Anybody who donates $20 or more will receive free the first volume of Juliet Shaw's music ever to be released. There are recordings that are just absolutely astounding to listen to. And I'm including in this collection mostly theremin music, but I want people to hear what kind of concert pianist she was. I want people to be able to hear how her love of experimental contemporary music influenced what she did. So how do people find out about this opportunity to support your efforts and to get this recording? All anyone has to do is go to jshawlegacy.com. All the information is there. All you have to do is click to make a donation. It goes right to PayPal. I make absolutely nothing other than reimbursement for what I've already put out. And anything that's left over, if we reach the goal amount, goes immediately to Sandra Shaw and the Silvermine Music School. Simple as that. Let's listen now to a recording from the archive. Here is Juliet Shaw playing the 1891 Claude Debussy composition, Bonsoir, or Beautiful Evening.
That was Beaussoir, written by Claude Debussy and performed by Juliet Shaw. You can learn how to support the Juliet Shaw Legacy Project and get a download of the upcoming compilation album by following the links and banners in this month's show notes at theremin30.com. With the moments remaining, I want to thank Shara Grama, Yoko Onishi, Kepa Lechtinen, and the estate of Juliet Shaw for allowing me to share their music with you. Also, a big thanks to Kip Rosser for telling us all about the Juliet Shaw Legacy Project. I'll have Kip back on a future episode to talk about some of his own theremin adventures. And a special thanks goes to the listeners who support the show with small one-time and monthly donations or by shopping with the affiliate program advertisers that appear on the Theremin 30 website. I'll be back with Season 5 of the Theremin 30 podcast in April. Thanks so much to many of you who have been listening since I got started back in 2019. I'd be grateful if you tell your friends about the show and spread the word on social media. Until next time, I'm your host, Rick Reed. I'll see you somewhere in the ether. You've been listening to the Theremin 30 podcast. Visit Theremin 30 on the web at theremin30.com.